Olala, the podcast is brought to you in association with Expedia. Expedia offers thousands of hotel deals to suit all tastes and budgets, from bed and breakfast, affordable hostels, five-star hotels and everything in between. There is something for everyone. Just go to expedia.co.uk to find your ideal place to stay. Hello, I'm Fred Siriex and welcome to my podcast, Olala. Well, some of you might be wondering what it means. What is this podcast about? Well, Olala is a very simple word. And as I said it, I just had a big grin on my face. You know, it happens every time I see or hear it. And what's really interesting to me is that the same happens when others see or hear it. You know, it's like we are all conditioned with the same reaction to the sound of this beautiful, magical word. Let me do it again. Let's try. Oh la la. You see? It works. I think it's because it's kind of naughty, isn't it? And you are all naughty people. That's why you're listening to this podcast. You know, for me, it's like a feel-good sensation you get as you hear it. And the brain just can't help but to react positively to it. And we just smile automatically and without even thinking about it. It makes you lie on your feet, makes you feel awake because it is pure pleasure and goodness. You know, for all of us, life can be so hard, so unpredictable. And we all have our share of pain. But Olala takes it away in a flash. Olala is about fun, enjoying oneself and being in the moment. You know, for me, it encapsulates what Socrates was saying. The meaning of life is about the pursuit of virtue. Basically, that's very simple. It's knowing what is good and bad, right and wrong. Olala brings about the best in people. And people are what makes life so exciting. Because without people, there is no life, there is no joy, there is no light. And we have no time to lose. Life is so short. We owe it to ourselves to enjoy life, learn and make a difference. Well, that's my motto anyway. So for me, meeting wonderful human beings, creating and sharing special bonds and to deeply connect with them, this is what it's about. Because in the end, what matters in our relationships with others is whether there is trust. And this is what I am seeking, a special encounter. Anyway, let me just do it again. One more time. Let's see how you feel about it. Listen to this. Are you ready? Oh la la. Anyway, without further ado, I am so excited, so grateful. Uh, Gino De Campo is here in the house in the Oh la la podcast. This How is incredible. You, this is, in, I mean, only the introduction is, I'm already smiling. Oh, that's good. And oh la la. Oh la la, Gino, that's a good start, isn't it? Oh la la, oh la la, I like the word, oh la you la. You say it very well. It's, it's simple to say, oh la la. Oh la la, yeah. Oh la la, and you think about France and French people straight away. I think the equivalent of Italian or oh la la would be ciao bella. Is it something that you say a lot, ciao bella? I do. I say ciao bella if he's a girl or ciao bello if he's a friend, a male. But I, I like it because I think it's like oh la la, it's one of those words yeah. that are easy... Happy words. But like if you, know you see I mean? a beautiful girl in the street, you'd say, Ciao bella. Oh, yeah. You probably go, Oh la la. Oh la la. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I do say, Oh la la, myself. Do in you? My, only in my mind. You see? No, because I'm a proud Italian. I can't say a French word. Yeah, but you're proud Italian, but you say French words in your head. I know, of course, in my head. I go, Oh la la. Yes. 
Are you embarrassed to say French words like I'm this? I'm not embarrassed. No, embarrassed, no. It's, uh, uh, I, I, you I don't just, dare to say it because I, I you know that we've got yes, it. Yes, yes. Because yes. back in the day, uh, in the Italian courts, everybody was speaking French. All the Italians were speaking French. And even now, a lot of Italians speak French. Probably in the north of Italy. I think more in the north of Italy because I realized as I was traveling that a lot of people in the north of Italy talks French. But as soon as you go from Rome below, Campania, Calabria, Puglia, Sicily, not really. They don't even talk Italians. They, they have they, their own dialects. Dialect. <laughs> so the, no, French is absolutely, I think it's from Rome above. I mean, it was um, a language of culture, but also it's the language of love. Definitely. I mean, is people the say that the French are better lovers than the Italians. Who are these people? Can you... Everybody. Ask Don't anybody you in the street. You can't generalize by saying everybody. We can go everybody. in the street and we can ask anyone. They will tell you that. Well, I think if you, me, you and I go in the street and we ask, I think we're probably going to get a 50-50 response. They're going to say Italian and France. Do you think that France seriously is the language of love? Yeah, of course. I would say definitely sexy language uh, because yeah, I mean, of the they accent. don't say that the Italians sound sexy, do they? Nobody say that. Everybody says they that. They say that Ita- the French sound sexy. Even I think that I sound sexy. Do when you? I listen to my- yeah. I think you listen too much to your own voice. I no. think that's the problem. It's just the Take French accent. Take headphones off. No, and- no, 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 no. It's not that. It's because the French accent is very sexy. Look, I've been here for 27 years. I mean, like you, how long have you been here for? 25. So I understand France in a way, very well. I mean, because obviously I'm French, I'm, I, I was born there, and I understand French like a native. But in the same time, because I've been here for so long, it's like when I go to France, I'm seeing France and, and looking at what's going on like a foreigner. So I've got the best of both worlds. Don't you feel like that? I'm, when you... I'm absolutely. You're absolutely right. I mean, I uh, again, I had the same experience. as just come back from Italy. I go to Italy all the time. And whenever I go there, I always see it from a tourist point of view. I don't see it from uh, an Italian point of view. And you kind of forget how beautiful our countries are and why all the world, everybody wants to go to France, wants to go to Italy. I can see it now. Before, I never could understand because, you know, when I came here to uh, United Kingdom or Great Britain, when I came to this country, I was thinking, why would anyone else want to go to Italy, France? This is a great country. These people, they embrace everybody. They give everybody the opportunity. They got the queen. They got the, the economy is great. But then slowly, in the last 25 years, you kind of realize, I can see why people are interested in our country. It's the yeah, culture. It's true. Our countries are older. All yeah. Latino, we're covering a lot of ground here. But um, listen, I- I'm very intrigued. I mean, not intrigued so much because I know your quote. I mean, you've told me <laughs> that quote so many times. But when I asked you to send me one, I did not expect you to send me that quote. So what was your quote? Please, can you tell me? My quote has always been the same for the last 25 years. Minimum effort, maximum satisfaction. What do you mean for the last 25 years? I've always used that quote as a philosophy of life. When uh, did you start? Uh, do you, was there a moment when you remember saying minimum effort, maximum satisfaction? I think just before I got married, 20 years ago, I started with this minimum effort, maximum satisfaction, which you can interpret my quote in many different ways. Many people believe that minimum effort, maximum satisfaction is about someone who wants to work very little, so a lazy guy, but wants everything. That's not really what it means. But you do have a siesta every afternoon, you know? I do, I do. And you know me, I don't really like to work a lot. But that doesn't mean that I don't work hard. But you have worked a lot. I I have. I still do. But when I say minimum effort, maximum satisfaction, what I mean is in everything that I do in life, 
in business, in friendship, in, in love, or anything that I do, because we are very busy to do many things, I rather do one thing not to give too much time, so little time to something, but do it really, really well. Look our day, how many things we do during the day. We talk to a friend, then we have to kiss our lover, then we have to look after our children. There is many, many things. Oh, la, la, I love the way you said it. You know, we have to kiss our lover. Yes, our lover. See, you can't say that that is not a sexy Italian accent. No, that's very good. No, uh, no, I'm just thinking about... <laughs> <laughs> lover, no lovers. Your lover. Lover, one. <laughs> so my point is, whatever we do in life, we have a certain amount of time to do it, very limited. So do it well, minimum effort, do it well, and trying to get maximum satisfaction out of it. That is the point of my minimum effort, maximum satisfaction. I mean, when I first heard it, I loved it, and I've got it in my head, minimum effort, maximum satisfaction, and I hear it with your accent, because you say what it in I, my head, it's you, you that's, know what I mean? You know, you, know, you know me now for a few years, so you know that I always say that, oh, come on, Fred, let's do this, minimum effort, maximum satisfaction, we don't have to be here all day, let's do it for an hour, but let's do it really well, and that's the way I like to do things. You know what I hate? I hate when... Even when I do a show or whatever I do, when it goes on and on and on and on, I'm thinking, come on, guys, we can do this in an hour, but let's do it well. Yeah, but the thing also, Gino, you're a professional, you're very disciplined and you're very organized. And that people don't know that about you. You no, are not Mr. Many people, organized. Thank you. Thank you. Because not many people know that. So you like things done properly because you're a pro at the end of the day. And it's true that when you're on a show and people who don't do TV, they don't understand this. Yeah. You know, you can be with a good director and the cameras are set when you arrive. It's all done. And sometimes they tell you, okay, cameras are set and three hours later, you haven't done anything. Yes. It's and that, infuriating, isn't that's it? That's the thing that really annoys me. That's what it annoys me. Because that is time that I could go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong going to sleep. Going to sleep is part of my day. And there is nothing wrong. You know, Gordon used to get upset. You remember he used to get annoyed. Oh, he's going to sleep again. Oh, are you sleeping? Oh, oh, oh. yeah, I remember. You yeah. remember that? You yeah. remember that? Because he cannot get the idea of someone who likes to sleep during the day because you always need to be active. It was very funny the first time you said to him, you know, minimum effort, maximum satisfaction. And he looked at you and he went, what in the fuck? Yeah, you yeah, remember? Yeah. And he went, oh, yeah, just because you're lazy, <laughs> just because you want to go to sleep. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. But he's a professional like you, so we understand it. But what he doesn't understand, I think, is the siesta in the afternoon. No, I think that doesn't understand. Gordon is very, uh, you know, Gordon, you know we, we've been filming together. We know each other now. That is definitely one thing he doesn't get it, because for him it's a waste of time. And I like to do a lot of holidays, which at this point you and Gordon don't understand. Because every time I talk about my holiday, you always go, no, no, two, two I, and a half months of holiday, three months of holiday. What are you doing three months of holiday? Can I just say, I go understand. On. I'd love to be able to do that, but I cannot allow myself to take holidays. Because, Why? Because I get stressed if I've got too much time off. I need Sorry, to just how can you get stressed? Oh, la, la. Now, see, this is a way to say it. Like, oh, la, la, I'm telling you off. Yeah, you can oh, la, tell la. people off by saying, oh, la, la. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I you know, I've it. just done it. Holala. Oh, you speak the holala oh, language? Yes, I do. High five. How, how can you get stressed when you're on holiday? It means you didn't set your mind for a holiday No, time. no, no, no. I love going on holiday. 
But going for, let's say, three months, I have never done it. I have never done it in my entire life. I have worked solid. I'm a workaholic. So how can you say that you're going to get stressed? How can you be negative for something that you've never done it? No, I've done it once. I was in between two jobs for a month. And uh, I remember thinking, oh, my God, I... I don't know, I just, it felt very alien to me, that feeling of being idle and just having nothing to do in that way. I'll tell you what the feeling, I don't think you can even explain yourself. Let me tell you what the feeling is. The feeling is that if you go to yourself and say, I'm going to take three months off, you think that you're doing something that is wrong. It's wrong because not many people do that. There are only few people who can do that. And you think that is wrong because maybe you're missing something, i.e. you're missing out on a job or you're missing out on the next adventure that you want to do. And that is a feeling that you need to overcome. Life, believe it or not, you know everybody say life is short? Very short. That's bollocks. Oh. That's bollocks. That's absolutely bollocks. Is it long bo- then? That's absolutely bollocks. Life well, yesterday is I was flipping. 16. I'm 47 today. Yeah, but it wasn't yet. So, it's gone so fast. No, no, it wasn't yesterday. It was 30 years ago. You yeah, just but... said it. Yeah, 16 and you're 47. It was six, 30 years ago, Fred. Life is no short. It's gone in a flash, Gino. You know why it's gone But in anyway, a flash? You are right about the holiday thing. The thing is, it's because I like to be busy. I like to oh, be you go. stimulated. Life, and if I don't do anything, I don't get that stimulation. Life, I love the stimulation. Life goes slow or life goes fast. In your case, it goes fast because you make it fast. My life, I like it to prolong my life as much as I can. So I make my life going slower, not faster. I'm a great believer of people that they should be able to achieve more than one life. At the moment, I'm currently living my second life. I was born in Italy with my family, my parents. I went to school, my grandmother, blah, 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 blah. 17 years old, I stopped that life and I joined another life, the life that I'm currently have. So second life. Now, any man or any woman, they should be able to have as many life as possible because you only, everybody say you only have one life. You're right. Who I, said I, that? I feel that. You don't have one life. You can have two, three, I've, four lives. I feel that. It's true. It's true. I'm now preparing myself for having my third life. What's going to be in your third life? Let me tell you what's going to be. That's my preparation for my third life. My third life is going to start at 50. I'm 43 now. So seven in years. seven years, I'm going to start my third life. Have you okay. thought about what you're going to do? Exactly. I know exactly what I want to do. Do you want I, to share it? I'm going to retire. And what are you going to do? I'm 50. I'm going to retire on the island of Sardinia. Perfect. I know I'm, where you live. Yes, you know, you've been to my house there. Um, nice space. I got a vigna so I can make my own vino. Your Gino Vino. My Gino Vino. But listen, can you start making some <laughs> French style wine? Because your Gino Vino, seriously, I need the Gino. grapes. I need the grapes. I mean, you're a good chef. How can you make a vino like that? Listen, that you know was... You know it's an, not good. That was... Don't say that it's not good. That was an experiment. Oh, you God. should try, try the one from this year. I'm going to send you a bottle and you're going to try. I want to breed horses. Do you? In my third life, yes. So oh, I'm, I'm buying at the moment a pot of land behind my villa, which I'm going to create a ranch. And I'm going to start to breed horses. I'm going to start to prepare tomato sauce in the jars like my grandmother used to do. I'm going to start to make better wine, better Ginovino. So I'm preparing now myself for my third life because I, I want to achieve three life in one. And I think if you have the opportunity to do that, 
everybody should do it. Why only have one life? That's true. When you we're can not going to see you on TV three. anymore in your third life? Or? Good question. I don't know. It could be that I still do one or two shows, but mainly, let's say 90%, I'm going to be based on the island of Sardinia. So you're going to be doing shows in Sardinia? I probably show in Sardinia or I can in come Bayacadinas. here. In or come here and have, a, I don't know, do two weeks here, do the shows and then go back there. But Fred, I really believe that people should aim for more lives. I hate when people say, oh, you only have one life. Who told you that? Who said that you only have one life? Nobody said no, that. No, it's true. I mean, I think for me, I mean, we have one life. I say that we have one life, but I understand what you're saying about having many lives in one life. For example, when I started boxing 10 years ago, in my head, I was a boxer and I trained like an athlete, like a sportsman, like There a boxer go. for 10 years. And I immersed himself obsessively in boxing to watch, to read, to learn, to spar, to fight, to understand what it's like to be a fighter. And in my mind, I've achieved that now. Of course, I've never been a world champion and never will you be, a world, to be a world champion to achieve something. But in my head, I got there. Well, there I went go. there, you know, and I've experienced something that a lot of people wouldn't have experienced. But the thing is, I can't do that if I'm away on holiday somewhere. But what you're saying about the holiday is my next thing. I've just, this is my next challenge. I've just got to take three months off, but I've got to plan it. <laughs> And I'm going to send you some postcards from wherever I am in the world. It doesn't world. matter wherever hey, you are. Hello. Let me ask you something. You Play asked that. me this question, so I'm going to ask you back. How many lives you reckon you lived? First life? Are you in your second life? Where are you? I probably have at least three, four, five, maybe. Five lives? Yeah, because it's all incorporated within one. You know, it's how intensely you live and how much you are really enjoying what you're doing and being in that moment and, and leaving the thing, becoming the thing that you're doing, just being engrossed in them completely. I know, but when, I, when, I, when I'm in a life, I mean a radical change of your life. I don't mean the things that happens in your life. You know, a radical change for you, like me, it was when you left France and you came to England. So that is another life. You radically changed your life. But I think apart from that... No, I mean, I don't, uh, there hasn't been a drastic change as much as this, but it's... Well, that's what I mean. For example, I can see you retiring in Jamaica. I don't oh. know why. I know that you love Jamaica music, you love the culture. See, to me, I'm thinking, if you say to me, oh, you know what, I'm uh, uh, 60 years old, I'm going to retire, I want to go to Jamaica and I want to try some, I don't know, you want to oh, farming. Negri Beach. Okay, whatever, whatever you want. I will be some, rearing some chicken and well, opening that, a jerk right. chicken restaurant. Okay, see, that is a radical change. That, to me, is a completely different life. And that will be your third life. Oh, la, la, what is going see? on here? Have you ever been to Jamaica? I've never been to Jamaica, no. Never, never. I've been many places, but I don't know why never to Jamaica. You know, when you go there, you really understand the words of Bob Marley and the songs and the way he was talking about the island. You know, when he talks about, you know, sun is shining, makes you want to move your dancing feet, and you're there on the beach in Negril, and you feel, you can hear his voice. This podcast is brought to you in association with Expedia. Now, you all know that I like things in my life to run smoothly at work, in my restaurant, at home, and especially when I am away traveling. Expedia offers loads of great deals on flights, activities, and accommodation all in one place. So you can book your trip, save money, and ensure everything runs as smoothly as my life. Oh la la! 
do you know, do you have another quote or do you only go with that minimum effort, maximum satisfaction? I got things that happen to me that, you know, things that I remember on the daily basis. I always, when I used to be a boy, I always used to complain about stupid people. I, I really dislike stupid people. People that they're just stupid, that they don't do anything. Ignorant, they're, they're, you mean? Ignorant, stupid, a bit of everything. You know, these people that is like, you're a bit of a waste of time. Mm -hmm. I used to moan about that all the time. And my father, one day, you know, he heard me moaning a couple of times. He came to me and he said, uh, you should uh, thank God every day to meet more stupid people. And I was like, Dad, what are you on about? These people really winds me up. I'm trying to do something. They don't know. He said, mate, the more stupid people you meet, the more money you're going to make because you're going to shine above uh, all of them. And you know, Fred, that is uh, one thing that even today I tell my children, don't moan about those stupid, ignorant people. Pray God that you're going to meet more because because of them, you're going to look fucking great. So uh, what do you uh, do when you meet them? Do you embrace them? Do you do you, you love them more than... I, I just say, thanks, God. You love I them? Just, yeah, yeah, I just go, all right, That's good. That's the way I to remind. do it. You lo love the stupid people. Just, before I used to, uh, they used to upset me. Now it's the other way around. I embrace them. Yeah, bring it on. More stupid people around. That's oh, what la, we la. need. Well, See, you know, that's, right, that's a uh, word of wisdom. Well, it's not wisdom. It's, no, it's, it is. It's twisting hate for something. I used to really hate them. You know, why would you not want to be something in life? Why would you not want to think about it? Why would you not want to call, you know, educate yourself? I used to really wind myself up. Now I've learned as you're getting older, no, 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 no. Just embrace that. I mean, talking about education, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm really uh, in admiration with you. I mean, we, we do the same job. You're a chef, you know, and look at where you yeah. are now. How did you do it? I mean, you owned a small restaurant. I had uh, my first restaurant when I was 21 years old in Kentish Town. Right. Very small restaurant. It was a pizza pasta place. How many covers did you have? Uh, four, 60 covers. A place called uh, Pane and Vino. Pane and Vino. Bread and wine. I went, I used to work for a restaurant called The Orchard Restaurant in Belsize Terrace. And uh, I've just came out after one and a half year working for George Michael. George Michael was recording at the time an album called Jesus to a Child if you remember the white cover album. Uh -huh. So I used to be his private chef for a year and a half. And uh, How did you get that gig? I used to work in this restaurant, the Orchard Restaurant, an Italian restaurant in Belsas Terrace. He used to come there every lunchtime to eat. Always the same thing, tagliolini with deep fried courgettes. That's, That's it. What he used. That's it. Every bleeding lunchtime, we used to have the same thing. And at some point, he just said, is any chance I can have the chef? He said, me coming to the restaurant, I get the chef to come. So I did that for about a year and a half. Then uh, uh, we, my wife and I, we saved some money together and I went to my wife and I said, listen, what do you think if I set up by myself? Now, any other woman, I think one of the biggest luck that I had is because I'm, I've always been with a very clever woman, which is my wife, very, very intuitive. Someone who understands me and pushes me to she the limit. She has good judgment, Jessica. Yes, I, I, I think she's always been very clever. And it's always been the woman that I had. I never had any other woman. You know, she's been with me since I was 17 years old. So she encouraged me. She helped me with the money. And that's where we started the first restaurant when I was 21 years old. And then you have two, you have three, you have four, you have five. And that's how it happens. And how did you evolve into working into television then from that? Well, that happened about uh, four years after I was 25 years old. I just got married. 
and uh, I was working as a development chef in an Italian place. I used to design ready meal for Tesco, Sainsbury, Waitrose, supermarkets. And at the time, a producer of a show called Good Food Live. It was the first live show on Sky, when everybody had Sky. So Good Food Live came on television with Jenny Barnett, mm -hmm. the presenter, and they were looking for an Italian chef. So they knew that I was there. They came and see me cooking, and they asked me if I wanted to do it. And I said, no, 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 no. it's not my thing. I like restaurants. I like design meal. I don't want to do television. I don't want to do it. The guy called Michael O'Connor, which is in America now, he asked me again, again, again. It bothered me for about two weeks. At one point, I said, okay, Michael, I'm going to do it once, and that's it. Uh, that was the start of something that I never wanted to do it. And I'm currently living somebody else's dream. This is not my dream. Cooking on television and all of that is not my dream. It's somebody else's dream. So I'm living somebody else's dream. I'm not living my dream. My dream so is... So it's another life then? Or well, is it the same life? It's the same life. It just happened to live somebody else's dream. I've always wanted to do restaurant, never wanted to do television. That's why when I do television, I do television in my way. You probably see you the way... You certainly do that. <laughs> you probably... <laughs> you probably see the way I do television. It's very... It's very Gino... Uh, uh, Gino style. Uh, style, yeah. I, I, I do pretty much whatever I want. I like to do that. I loved it when I was uh, going on Celebrity <laughs> Juice when you were there. And uh, you're very good with the audience, playing with them, you oh, know, yeah. looking for the cameras. I mean, obviously, you know where the cameras are, but you play the fool and say, where's the camera? He's there, Gino, look at there, look here, look left, look right. And then in the end, you find the camera. But the audience love it. They love you when you go on juice. They love it. Yes. I mean, yeah, they keep singing your name. Gino, Gino, Gino. Yeah, yeah, that is stuck with me because wherever I go, you can hear people shouting, Gino, Gino, like they do on Celebrity Juice. But this is great. They love you because you've got that infectious personality. I think, I think one thing that he works uh, with me on television is the fact that when you meet me, it's exactly the same when you, meet, when you see me on television. I wouldn't be able to pretend on television. I can't do that. It wouldn't be my nature to do that. And it's plus it's easy. Again, minimum effort, maximum satisfaction. It's easy for me just to be the way I am. That's just what to it be is. Just, just, just <laughs> take, it, take it or leave it. Just like when we were in the street just now, I've got to uh, tell the, the, the people who are listening to Posca, we were just outside uh, the studio and uh, Gino was making a coffee because in his car he's got this coffee machine. He was Neapolitan making coffee Neapolitan machine. coffee, a nice espresso from the car, which was deli <laughs> as delicious as the one from the shop with the best <laughs> coffee in the world. And then this beautiful girl just passed by and Gino went, hey, ciao bella. And then there was an Italian guy about 10 meters yeah. down the road, to speak to him in Italian, telling him, oh, Gino, what are you doing there with the girls? And Gino replied in Napolitan, you know, it was so funny. But that's what I, I like to do in my life, to be happy as much as I can, honest, and whatever I think, whatever I feel, I want everybody around me to know. So let's go back to Ulala, Gino. I mean, you're talking about Jessica. You've been with her since you are 17. I mean, that's 17, a long time. Yeah. That's a rarity in this world. Well, that is my philosophy of minimum effort, maximum satisfaction. <laughs> you find <laughs> one, one woman, you're stuck with it, and you work at it, and is there for the rest of your life. It becomes your partner. So why going around date after date? Oh, but obviously, I shouldn't tell you because you like people dating. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> I don't want to put you out of business. By no, the way. no, sure. But, you know, for me, it was like, well, I found this beautiful girl. I was Neapolitan. 
and she was three years old. She still is three years older than me. So I was 17. She was about 20, blonde. Uh, so did we she met think, did, you think, did she think you were a bit of a toy boy at the time? Because she was much older. Or were you a mature 17-year-old? Or Well, I think I was mature, but... You know, I, I worked very... So, sorry, she was 20, you were 17. Yeah. She you were not an adult yet. I was an adult yet, no. Oh. So I saw this beautiful... I never seen a blonde woman before. Huge pair of knockers. She still has, by the way. It's a huge pair of knockers. That is so one thing that really... You to the beautiful girl with the big knockers? What was the attraction? I think the first thing was the knockers. I'm going to be honest with you. That's the first thing because I used to have a girlfriend in Naples... But she used to have like two little uh, like, fried eggs. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't like no, fried eggs? No, no. Like, let's call the brother ma, ma, mandarino. Come si dice mandarino? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it's more beautiful than fried yeah, eggs. Mandarino. Mandarino in French. A mandarin in English. What is it? Clementine. And clementine. So she used to have a little clementine. When I went to my wife, she had like flipping grapefruits all of a sudden. So you know, to go from a clementine to a grapefruit. And then you were 17. So and it I was, was like, 17. I was la. 17. So for me, it was like, hey. You know, it was a summer experience. I, I used to, uh, we met in Spain. I used to be the chef of a restaurant in Puerto Banús. She used to be the waiter. So we met there and uh, this all of a sudden, this woman really got me. But she was very clever, beautiful. Every, she had everything. So she brought me to England. And I thought, you know, instead of messing around. And what did your parents Nima, say when you oh God, went from Spain my mom, to... my mom and dad hated her. For the really? first five years, because, you know, of course, she just took her little boy from Naples to uh, London. So she, they didn't like that. But that's to me is when the minimum effort to maximum satisfaction came in to say, okay, stand up messing around with other girls and other women. Let's work on this beautiful woman that I found and let's put a lot of effort, you know, to make. To so make you sure were that conscious about that to make a lot of effort within your relationship and to to really create a relationship with Jessica and her life. You were working hard at it. You were conscious about it? Or is it well, something I, I, that just... I wasn't working hard. I was just thinking, I'm going to work whatever I, you know, whatever I got and whatever I like. I used to enjoy, I still do enjoy her company. Because Jessica is very understanding. I mean, you do go away, filming away by yourself. Very, you do take holidays I mean, by yourself. I, I um, do, I, you know, we have a very understanding relationship. I mean, I don't think I could be married to any other woman than Jessica. So what's the secret then? The secret is I have two completely different lives. A man and a woman should not have always a life together. And, and you've got a very work. big bed as well. Does it help? I've got a huge bed. Have you seen that? You, you, you it's seen massive. It? It's a huge bed because we meet in the middle when it's time to meet and then we all have our own spaces. And then you don't disturb each other because it's so big that, you know, once you go down, you know, on the bed, you know, exactly. she so doesn't have to, to slide on your side. The philosophy of my marriage, you will see from the bed When you see somebody's bed, you know what kind of relationship they have. My bed is big because we both have our own space, but very, very quickly or very, very pleasurable, we can meet in the middle whenever we want. And who so, actually invite the other to meet in the middle? Do you do that or does she do that? Oh, who send the invitation? I think I get invited more than really? I invite. Yes. What's going yeah. on here? Well, it's, uh, I just get invited more. I don't know, I don't know. It's my, you know, we have a very, very uh, good uh, sexual life together. And I get invited quite often in the middle of the... Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Good yeah. for you. Yeah, but yeah, you've got uh, this uh, this uh, French. And I got a French quote on top of your on bed. On top of my bed. Yeah, yeah. He says, those... "Voulez-vous coucher avec moi?" Yeah. Ce soir. Ce soir. Ce soir. <laughs> so what does soir? she say? Ce soir. So what does she say? She look at the, the she picture and she, and she she point with her fingers like this and she goes, "Hey, do you know?" No, I think she points with her fingers to something else, not the picture. Ah, not the picture, of course. No, no, no. <laughs> And you know, um, once you went into the restaurant business, you went into TV. How did you How did you decide um, to go and, and move in Italy uh, when you went back to Sardinia? When did you buy your house there? I bought my house in Sardinia at, uh, about 10 years ago when we started to have children. I have older children. Yeah, my son is 17, Luciano. Rocco is 14, Mia, she's seven. When uh, we had the first two boys, we used to travel all over the world everywhere you can think of, you know, the Maldives, the these, and the, you know, wherever you can think of, we went there. After a while, I got bored. I got bored because you have to pack everything. You go to a hotel, your stuff is not there. You, you always forget something or you lose something. I missed my comforts when I used to go for these big holidays. So I was in Cuba 10 years ago and um, I said to my wife, what do you think if we just buy a holiday home? As I was in Cuba, I met this Italian guy. He used to be a photographer. Uh -huh. uh, and I said to him, I said, he used to photo, you know, take pictures all over the world for travel magazines. So I thought, well, he's probably know the world more than I do. So I was talking to Italian. I said, listen, which one is the most beautiful place in the world? And he went, Sardinia. I said, what? An he Italian said, guy. I said, what do you mean Sardinia? You know, are you better than the Maldives, better than Bahamas, better than Hawaii Island? He said, yeah. He said, I've pictured all over the world and nothing is as beautiful as Sardinia. By then, I've never been to Sardinia. No, because you're from Naples. Because I'm from Naples. So I've never been to Sardinia. So I turned around to my wife. I said, look, the next holiday, I want to go to Sardinia. I want to see what it's all about. So we went to Sardinia. I fell in love completely. And I bought a, uh, what we call it, an agriturismo. It's like a small hotel where you cook. And I, I made that one into my house. Well, do you know, that, that's very interesting what you're saying. I mean, in particular, um, when you were telling me about the number of lives you have lived, and now you're getting ready for your third one. Third so, life. I mean, it's seven years away. Yes. Um, tell me, are you going to take Olala in your third life? What are you going to do? Are you getting ready for it already? Uh You have to get ready. You know, th things don't just happen like that. And uh, how am I going to do that? I want to breed horses. You know, that is going to be my next thing that I want to do. Uh, there is a particular horse that I want to breed. It's called Frasian horse. You know, Black Beauty. Oh, okay. the, the shiny are they, are they black horse? one. No, no, no. They're just normal horses. They come from Holland. Okay. And uh, so my What philosophy... pony, maybe? No, 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 pony, no, no, pony, no, come on. If you do it, for you. Do, it, do it properly. <laughs> oh, come on, pony. Uh, so my philosophy, again, how do I put minimum effort, maximum satisfaction? So if I have a minimum amount of time that I want to dedicate to the horses, I want to do the best horses I can. So minimum effort, because I probably give them a couple of hours, maximum satisfaction, if I breed them, To sell something like that is about 50,000, 60,000 euro. So that's, again, how am I going to use my philosophy of life of doing something smaller, well, but get the best out of it. So it's no point of having 100 horses, which then I can sell it for 1,000 each. I'd rather have five or six Beautiful minimum horses. effort, but something that nobody has. 
So when I sell them, I sell them for maximum satisfaction. Well, I can't wait to come on your ranch, Gino. I think it's going to be a great adventure. Would you come and uh, would, help? Do you like horses? I love horses. I love animals. Yeah, but horses, I, I, I've always found quite dangerous, you know, they're quite majestic, well, I've, they're big. I've, I'm not a horse rider. I don't ride horses, you know, uh, for leisure. But I, whenever I do it, I really like it. You know, and it's, it's, there is it's, a connection between men and horses. This is the yeah, fact they, that they're very intelligent creatures. That, that's they? what I like about. See, we're going back. Why I like horses because I like intelligent things. For me, animals is like human. I don't like them stupid. They need to be an intelligent animal because I like to learn things all the time. And I think when I look at a horse. I think there is a lot for me to learn. But you know, it's also about love because you're talking about these stupid people that you didn't like and you couldn't love. But then suddenly, because of what your dad said, suddenly you I started learned, to embrace them. I learned to love them. And yes. In a way, you are loving them. Yeah. And you yeah. love the horses and you love the dog. It's all about, it's very ulala. It's, it's, it's very, very ulala. Can you say hula love? Hula love. See, I got a new one. Hula love. Hula love. Yana, you're going to use that. Remember to quote me. Hula Love. Hula Love by Gino Da Campo. Anyway, Gino, listen, it's been such a pleasure to have you on my podcast. Thank you very much indeed for, for coming. And the pleasure uh, is all mine, my friend. I'm, anytime. I look anytime. forward to seeing you very soon. Anyway, we've got a trip to go to, so see yeah, you. We've got a trip to go and we will see you in Villa Da Campo in Sardinia. All right. Take care, man. Ciao. Bye-bye. The podcast was brought to you in association with Expedia. Expedia offers thousands of hotel deals to suit all tastes and budgets. Choose from bed and breakfast, affordable hostels, five-star hotels and everything in between. There is something for everyone.